So this wonderful Sunday, I believe the Lord will start this week with a promise. Amen. Amen. And I pray that from this day as you leave this place, that there will be something that will make you say hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And if you haven't celebrated a long time, welcome to the season of unprecedented celebration. In the name of Jesus. So the Lord is working in my favor. In the name of Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, the Lord is working in your favor. Say, neighbor, neighbor, the Lord is working in my favor. No, in my favor. In the name of Jesus. Say to your neighbor, say, look at me now. This guy you are seeing here. You better mind how you talk to me. Because you don't know who you're talking to. So you better mind how you talk to me. Because you don't know who you're talking to. If only you knew I am the blessed of the Lord. If only you knew I am the next big thing. If only you knew God just shifted me. If only you knew I am your answer. All right. Behave, Oscar, behave. I've got 34 minutes to share the word of the Lord. The title of my sermon this day, I promise you, I will not bore you. I, as at yesterday, as at, we came here on Friday to do the sound. As at Friday morning, uh, Saturday morning, I do not have a word. And, and I was going to continue with the series in Romans. And I got home, and Mando said to me, so is there a flyer? I said, I don't know, we might continue with the Romans. But I went home, and I went to my office, and um, uh, the Lord began to deal with me about what I had written about three years ago. And I want to talk on that today, because the Lord says, I should let him do what he wants to do. Is that okay? Yeah. There are times we get ready for the word, we prepare the sermon notes and phrase our content, but God says, son... Would you step aside and let me do what I want to do? And when God does that, it's because God wants to move. Amen. Amen. The title of my sermon this wonderful Sunday is called Phases. Somebody say Phases. phases. Say phases. phases. I come to realize that every one of us in this place, we are different phases in life. Some of you might be millionaires today and some of us might be thousand years and some of us might be hundred years. But one thing that we know that we are not on this in the same phase. But if the Lord would do it for you, he's going to do it for me. Amen. So I've come to realize that life itself are in phases. And you must be careful to understand what phase you are in God's trajectory. Because if you do not understand what phase you are, you might end up from your track to run someone else's race. You better be careful because everyone is being the big boy in town and the big girls in town doesn't mean that you must be like them. Yeah. 
don't allow Instagram post pull you out of your promise. A lot of you have defined yourself based on what you see online. You better understand that life itself is a journey. Just because I'm not where you are doesn't mean I'm not moving at all. Listen, I may not be where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. So sometimes you want to wake up in the morning and give yourself a high five. Why? Because I may not be there, but I'm moving slowly. Ladies and gentlemen, why? Because guess what? Progress is better than movement. It is possible to move around in cycles. But progress means that I've left point A, I'm now at point B. Ladies and gentlemen, lives, life is in phases. So you may not be where you want to be, but guess what? You're not where you used to be. So be careful how you envy people that are ahead of you. If only you understood their journey. If only you understood their story. You wouldn't judge their glory. A lot of you have called people bad names because... For some reason, I don't know what's wrong with it. I don't know what's wrong with it. If you understood what it took them to be where they are, you will pray for them instead of crucify them. So we have our different journeys in life. I've come to understand there are places I want to be that I'm not there yet. But instead of criticism, you can never receive from the vessel you criticize. And the honor doesn't come from just the leaders. Listen, it is an error to honor your leaders and not your brothers. If someone is where you want to be, honor them. Sow into them. Let me say it again for you to understand. Because a lot of you sow to leaders and it's a good thing. If someone is doing what you want to do, sow into them. It doesn't have to be your pastors only. If someone is in a space where you want to get to, sow into them. If your brothers or sisters got married and you're trusting God for a spouse, sow into them. If they are having businesses that you are looking forward to have, sow into them. You can never drink from the vessel you dishonor. Are you hearing me, church? You must understand life is in phases. I wasn't like this a couple of years ago. And I wasn't like what I was a couple of years ago. You must understand as we go through life, we go through life's journey and lessons. Say lessons and journey. So in my book, Phases, I listed seven phases of life. And in these phases of life, you must find out where you are in God's plan. The truth is that some of you are running the race, but on the wrong track. If you lay your head on someone else's pillow, you will dream their dream. You must be very careful how you come out of God's prophetic plan and purpose for your life. Just because it doesn't look like someone else's journey. Listen, do not settle for the available because it's easy. You see, Abraham settled for Ishmael because it was the available. Once you stay in your lane, you will understand that at the end of your journey, there is a surprise. Listen, if you run on someone else's train, no matter how much you finish the track, the prize doesn't come to you. Why? Because the prize is at the end of your journey. Listen to me, church. Even in ministry, be careful of how you want to step into ministry because someone is doing it. Everyone is not called to preach. Everyone is not called to start a ministry. Oh, oh, brother, this is doing that. No, 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 no. 
You need to understand that when you do what you're not called to do, there will be frustration and not fulfillment. Many of you are frustrated and not in God's prophetic purpose for your life. Why? Because you are doing what you're not called to do. Just because it's easy for me doesn't mean it's easy. It, should be easy. it will be easy for you. This is my race and this is my journey. So understand my purpose. I may not hold the microphone at the end of the day. I may not have a thousand people to preach to at the end of the day. But once you are in your lane, your track, there will be a prophetic purpose, the prophetic inheritance ahead of you. Are you hearing me? So it's time to go back home and ask yourself a question. Am I really doing what I've been born to do? Let me say it again. Not what your parents forced you to study at uni. Because a lot of you ended up or settled at what you studied. But just because I studied it doesn't mean it's my assignment. Are you hearing? A lot of you, your future has been truncated. Why? Because your mama wanted you so badly to be a doctor. But God's purpose for your life could be a TV host. So even though you are a graduate, guess what? You are frustrated even though you're earning money. Because money doesn't satisfy purpose. What have I been born to do? What is my calling? Have you spent time to ask the Lord that question? What is my calling? Why am I born? Why was I born on the earth? What is my purpose? Why? Every single time you take in air and bring out from your nostril is a reminder you are born for assignment. See, it's the Lord telling you, find it. Find it. So every time you breathe, it's an indication God is telling you, find your purpose. Find your purpose. Find your purpose. And guess what? You will never find peace, even though there is success. To the question, what phase are you in God's prophetic agenda? Where are you in God's overall plan? Are you the seed? Are you the shoot? Are you the leaf? Are you the branch? Or are you the fruit? Where are you in God's prophetic plan? Where are you? And one of the things I've come to realize in the global expansion, a lot of you have dilated your process because you saw on Instagram someone did what you're about to do. A lot of you have jumped out of the womb before your water broke because you are too impatient to go through the process. A lot of you have come out of incubation because of flyers and honorarium. A lot of you have not completed your cycle because of fame and name. You must understand this, that as long as there was a call on, that, that see the distance between your call and your commission is your incubation. The question, what are you doing in your waiting? Go home tonight and ask yourself a question. What have I been born to do? Guess what? I promise you a lot of you are settled. You settled. I don't have a choice. I just settled. If you knew what you were born to do, you wouldn't be frustrated when you wake up in the morning. You just settled. Well, as long as I can pay my bill, I'm okay. Settlement. You settled. Well, I just want to get married. Settled. That's why marriages don't last any longer. Because people settle and not ask God for prophetic, for prophetic purpose. Ever wondered how you started your business? But guess what? It collapsed. Why? You settled. Everyone will not sell hair. Are you hearing me, church? Everyone will not do something that is convenient. 
Sometimes you have to go through the fire to find your purpose. It may not be comfortable, but sometimes you have to go through the pain to find your purpose. Amen, church. So I look at the life of a young man by the name of Joseph. I call him Brother Joe. From the book of Genesis chapter number 37 to 50 was the life of a man who was called Joseph. And Joseph went through seven phases of his life. And I will explain to you these seven phases. If I were you, I will find out which of these phases I'm currently at. Are you hearing me, church? Which of these phases? And once you understand your phase, you understand how to navigate the space. If two people are standing here, say for instance, two ladies or two friends are standing and they've done something wrong. The way I rebuke one will be different from the way I rebuke the other one, even though they've done something wrong. Why? Because I will understand what face she is at. If I rebuke them the same, one will be edified, one will be broken. So I understand what you call EQ, emotional intelligence. So I will rebuke the one that can take rebuke, then privately rebuke the other one that is so soft. Why? Because I understand in our journey in life, you need to understand the kind of words you receive in your process. Because words can shift you or words can build you. Amen, church? So understand it. So phases. So the first phase I want to talk about today is a phase called promise. Somebody say promise. The Bible says this. I'm going to say this was a young man by the name of um, and Joseph. If you have your Bibles quickly. The first phase is called the, pro the place of promise, which is actually the place of dreams. Genesis chapter number 37, verse 5 to 6. A place of dreams, a place of a promise. How many of you have dreams here? How many of you believe that the Lord has called you to be great on the earth? How many of you believe that the Lord has called you to be a mediocre? No one. How many of you believe that the Lord has called you to leave a mark on the face of the earth? How many of you know your purpose? Now let's be in church. Let's be serious. Not settled. Let's, let's be serious at church. I like, I like your sincerity. You're going to find out where you are today. One of the ways to find your purpose is to find your passion. Your passion oftentimes leads you to your purpose. Your passion is not your purpose. Your passion is the means to an end. Now, Genesis chapter number 37, verse 5 and 6. The Bible says, And Joseph dreamed a... Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brethren, and they hated him, yet... Somebody said them all. We know Joseph was a man who had a coat of many colors. Back in Bible times, the coat of many colors was a long sleeve with different patches of different colors. It exempted you from the laborer's job. So they, uh, Joseph was a man who never went to the farm to field. Why? Because he was the special child. He was exempt from the noble work. So the Bible says that he had a dream like you have a dream. So the place of the promise is the place of dreams. But it's very important that you must be careful the people you share your dream. Be careful. Bible says he told the dream to his brothers. And they hated him yet the more. Many of you have told your dreams to your BFFs. Or you've told your dreams to your brethren or your sisters. You've told your dream to the one you felt was your guy, your girl, he's got your back, she's got your back. Now, have you wondered since you became friends with them, you don't talk about it anymore? Because dreams are not for everybody's consumption. 
When God gave you a dream, he gave you the dream, not us the dream. So you must be careful the kind of people you bring in your space when you have a dream. The question, what is the dream? The dream is God's prophetic promise for you. What are the things the Lord has told you years ago? What are the things the Lord has given you to do the, some years ago? Did the Lord ask you to start a blog, a YouTube channel, a ministry, a, a job? What is it the Lord has told you to start? That dream, that one thing you woke up in the morning and said, Lord God, I thank you for this vision. But guess what? Bible says he told this dream to his brethren. And they hated him yet the more. And Lord began to remind me even in the church. Be careful of the people you tell your dream. They may not directly hate you the more. But they might call you or counsel you out of your purpose. I'm going to say very, I'm going to be very real. Prophetic people. Just because it doesn't fit your prophetic program. Doesn't mean it is not the Lord's. Stop calling people out of their purpose because it doesn't make sense to your prophecy. One of the people I realize in churches that seem to want to control the narratives every single time are prophetic people. Why? When they don't understand the process, they judge it with their preconceptions. Say dream. dream. I have a dream. Martin Luther made a statement one time, I had a dream, of course, that one day there would be someone who would sit at the White House and uh, there was someone who sat there at the White House. He had a dream and they did everything to pursue the dream. And my prayer for you is that every dream the Lord has given you, ladies and gentlemen, hear me, that the Lord will make you fulfill in the name of Jesus. But ask yourself this one question, what is my purpose? What are the, what, what, what are the promises the Lord gave me? You're in church. You've been told several times the Lord has called you to be a millionaire, yet you're sitting at home doing nothing. See, money is a legal tender. There must be transaction. For money to come into your account, it has to leave someone else's account, unless it's a miracle kind of thing. The Bible never said, and money shall come into your account. It said, I will bless the work of your hands. If the Lord has called you a millionaire, money will not break through your ceiling. You have to work for it. Oh, God says, you know what? I want to use you as a voice to the nations of the world. Do you know what you need to do? Get a microphone and subscribe on YouTube. What are your dreams? How do you tell me, Apostle, the Lord has come to be a voice to the nations of the world and you don't have community? You don't talk to people. You are a sadist. You are a loner. You don't talk to people. You don't communicate with people. You don't come to community events. You are just by yourself, yet you're a prophet. How does it work? The reason why most of you, hear me, I pray I say this right. Let me bring, let me put this here. Some of you are cheating with your partner on God. What's the right word? Some of you prophetic people, hear me, hear me. You've abused relationships just because you want to be deep. You've declined invitations to be amongst people just because you want to be special and supernatural. Hear me? Especially married prophetic people. Men, especially women. You're making your husband jealous because he spends so much time with Jesus. Your spouse don't even have time with you any longer. Why? Because you're always praying. 
Time to spend with family, you are in a secret place. Time to go cinema, you are actually fasting and praying. You don't want to do that. And you wonder why your marriage is so anointed but boring. Because you spent time with Jesus and left your husband hanging. Because prophetic people feel like I have to be in the presence. No, you have to be with your husband. You have to see, but the Bible says that John the Baptist was called the, the greatest of all prophets. The Bible says God took him from Jordan, took him from the wilderness to Jordan community. You cannot run this race, but see, your assignment is not for you. Your assignment is not for you, it is for people. So ask yourself, what are the things the Lord has called me to do? I promise you, 90% of church people don't know their purpose. They settle for convenience. They settle for that. Oh my God, I've got four shares and six likes. That's my ministry. That's what it is. Because someone laid and said, and, 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 and. I wish I was speaking this to a conference, like a minister's conference. We have to be careful. Everyone is not a prophet. Don't lay hands and say, I see a prophet. No, there is no prophetic call. Just tell them, I see you're a businessman. I see that you're an engineer. I see that you're a doctor. Everyone is, no, there's nothing like prophetic engineer. It's a lie. <laughs> but, but guess what? It, it is, it, it is Constant, Constantinopolian. It's a way of, super, of spiritualizing reality. If you are a banker, I see you as a banker. There is nothing like I see you as a financial man. No, no. Uh, uh, supernatural. No, no. You are a banker. You are a banker. Everyone is not a prophet or prophetic. And, and, and because of that thing, everyone is a prophetic person. We've drawn people out of their assignments. Apostle, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, was, I was sick in the face of the Lord up to 2 a.m. 2 a.m. in the morning. You will lose your job. I'm not even joking. Because you sit the face of the Lord from 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. and sleep and wake up at 10 a.m. when your job starts at 9 a.m. Your boss will not ask you if you are praying. They will fire you. I'm not joking. I'm, I'm being real. You wake up from, work, from bed and you are tired going to work. Why? Because you are sick of the face of the Lord all through the night when you have a job. A lot of us have carelessly come out of our purpose because we thought we were praying. So ask yourself, Oscar, call your name. Say, call your name. What is your purpose? And guess what? Once you find out your purpose, be careful who you tell your assignment. There were what you call puncturers and penis. People who cannot contain the joy of your future will puncture your seed. Be careful of the spaces and places that you have conversations. Just because they kiss you doesn't mean they won't sell you. Ask Judas. Ask Judas. Say, I have a dream and I will fulfill my dream. The Bible says that and Joseph dreamed a dream and he told it to his brethren, not to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. Now they hated him before. His dream made them hate him the most. So, ladies and gentlemen, catch this. When you find people hating on you for no reason, you've just said what you shouldn't say. The next phase is called the pits. And it's a place of emptiness. Some of you are in your 
dream stage. The very beginning of your journey. I've got a promise. The next one is called the place of emptiness, the peace. And the scripture is Genesis 37, 23 to 24. And it came to pass when Joseph was come unto his brethren that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him, and they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty and there was no water in it. A lot of you are in your pit stage. What is the pit stage? A space of emptiness. You know that I am empty. You know that your life is empty. Nothing is, nothing is there. There is no water in the pit. You're empty. It's a space in your life where you know that things are not working. It's dry. It's dead. Have you been there before where everything you do is dead? Empty. Everything you lay your hands to. Nothing prospers. You're empty. You know that you are empty. Bible says the brother put him in the pit. And there was no water. In the space called emptiness. The only person you hear is your echo. When you find yourself in the pit, help, 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 help. Somebody, echo. No one hears you. And that is the space a lot of you are. No one is coming to your aid. You've prayed and prayed. Lord, send me friends. No one is coming. And I think, God, what's going on with me? Everyone has left me. The pit is a space of emptiness. This is a phase. So when you find yourself in a place that everyone around you has deserted you, you are in the pit. The only voice you hear is your voice. And you think like, am I going mad? Do you know what the pit is? When yesterday you are cool with a friend, the next day it turned on you. Just like that. Have you been there before? You, be, you, you, you begin to ask, what did I do? You called one. You're not picky. You know, you know when you have four friends, yeah? Yesterday you are cool. Hey, live your best life. The next day you call them, no one is picking their call. Your call. Two days later, the same thing. But they are posting. Four days later, the same thing. Everyone just turned on you. And you're asking, what's going on? Then guess what? You go to work, your colleague do the same thing to you. You come to church, they don't talk to you. That empty space, you feel like, God, am I dying? And, and the good thing about the, the empty space is that this is the time God wants you to trust his voice only. When everyone has turned on you, God is saying, I want your attention. So when you find yourself in the pit, it is not the time to start nagging. It's the time to go on your knees. Because the pit stage is to transition you to the next level of your life. So hear me. We all have a dream. But the dream will always lead you to a pit. The reason for the pit is because God wants to strip you off. Tell me, everyone around you that are not part of your prophetic future. Now, Joseph had found himself in a pit. But the Bible says that the brothers had stripped him off his coat of many colors. Hear me, church. The coat of many colors was a sign of wealth. It separated him from the brothers. Why? It exempted him from work. So he was seen as the most favorite child, you know, you know Joseph. But before they put him in the pit, they had to take out, take off his clothes. You see, your garment is your covering, ladies and gentlemen. And sometimes before the devil, I mean, before the devil, oh, not the devil, before life puts you in the pit, it strips you of the thing that exempts you from, from the pit. Oh, I thought I'm the bougie one. I, I thought I'm the nice one. And, and, and when life hits you, there is no bouginess. You know? When life, hits, when life hits you, listen, you don't understand. I want to say this to women as well. 
listen, listen, listen. There are, there are places in life you come to, you would not even care about eyelash. There are situations that you don't have time for makeup, you want to pray. Oh, you haven't seen life. You haven't seen. There are, there, there are times where there are situations you find yourself, you, you look like a mad woman or mad man. I don't care how I look as long as I shift something. That place called Pete will strip you of your foundations. Uh, you're talking about color 55, color 56. It will strip your face. <laughs> Listen, when life, is, is that color 55? I don't know, I'm just saying. I know that there's color, you know. Yeah. When life strips you, when life deals with you, you want to be doing pop, 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 pop. Uh, um, face, face bone or what, bone, what they call it. That's it. I, I put a shine, shine on your nose here. Yeah, women do it. They put one shine, shine thing here. I'm like, yeah. I'm put red, one red thing here, one red thing here. I'm like this. I'm like, what's going on? When life deals with you, you forget wig. You don't understand. But the pit is a place of emptiness. Well, you know that I am completely empty. But guess what? If you find yourself in a pit, it's a good thing because you want to pray. The next phase is called Potiphar. David was sold. Sorry, he had a dream. Then he was put in the pit. Then the Midianites came. He was sold. And he was given to Potiphar. Potiphar is a place of testing. Genesis 37 verse 36. And the Midianites sold him into Egypt unto Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh's and captain of the guard. This is very important. This is a place called testing. Yeah, me, Potiphar. Joseph could have touched Potiphar's wife and cleaned his mouth. Temptation is not when you can avoid it. Temptation is not when you can avoid what you don't like. I said again, temptation is not what you can it's not avoiding what you don't like. Temptation is presenting to you what you desire. If you can avoid it, it's not temptation. It is what you desire that tempts you. Are you following me? So Joseph was so to this woman who was the queen bee. Young, handsome guy sold to a man whose husband was an Enoch. Back in Bible time, that Enoch was someone who was castrated. So they deprived, that little time now, I know your time, they deprived themselves, the, 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 the men deprived themselves of sexual intercourses with their wives. So their wives were deprived. So there was no sexual intercourse, yet she was actually the queen bee of the house. And now a fine boy with seven packs came. You know, there were six parts and there are seven. A guy came, he's got three, 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 and one. So the guy came and for the first time, she, she looked through the window. She saw a fine boy coming through. And the Bible says something profound. She went to the guy and said, you know what? Nobody needs to know. 
Have you been there before? Where nobody needs to know. Just do it and close your mouth. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. You know, you know the stuff? You know, no one is seeing us right now. Let's just, let's just do it. You know, when he goes, when, when, when he, when he finally, you know what? No one is watching me. Let me just take this little money from here. Let me tell you another type here. No one is watching me. I don't need to give an offer your tide. God will test you. No one is watching. They don't need to know. I just act like I'm going to give on my phone. No one is watching. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 you do it. You do it. I'm, I'm not going to, what's the point? I'm not going to. I'm not going to give. I'm not going to give. Let me ask you a question, by the way, before I go there, because uh, I want to ask you, let's just by way of distracting it in bit. How many of you pay rent in your house, your houses? You pay bills? Ah, yes, I love it. You pay rent, you pay bills, you pay your phone. I don't know if you get an income from, the, from your workplace at the end of the month. Okay, okay, fine. For those of you that get an income at the end of the month, do you, when your boss tells you, um, do you, do you negotiate your NI? And your tax, you negotiate it to your government. For those, do you do you tell, tell your boss, no, 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 I'm, no, 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 don't take my NI, don't take my tax. You pay the tax before they pay your salary. They take their tax, right? I'm not few pay rent uh, or pay mortgage or something. You pay, you pay. Are you guys living on the bridge? What's going on? <laughs> At least you're coming from somewhere. I, I want to ask a question. I'm not few pay rent or mortgage. Your hand should be out. So a lot of you have finished your mortgage. Wow. I will say it again. How many of you at the end of the month, you have a landlord that you pay or a mortgage that you pay? Or you leave your family or you contribute? Okay. When your landlord comes to you, how many of you pray in tongues when it's time to pay the rent? I want to know. You don't, you don't pay your landlord the money you pray in tongues, rababa, soho, bradi, kava, and then he leaves you. I don't know if you do that. Okay, you don't do that. I don't know if you pay your mortgage or your rent at the end of the month. I'm serious, guys. Come, I'm serious. I don't know if you do that. You pay your bill, you pay your rent, you do that at the end of the month. Okay, okay, all right, okay. The place of testing is called Potiphar. It's the place of seduction. The place where you are able to, you're unable to. How do you navigate life journey when what you want is against God but before you? What you want, what you desire is against God but it's looking at your face. How do you overcome the things that you know you will get pleasure from? When no one is looking, by the way. But guess what? Even with a guy and a girl, you're not really tempted if there's a witness. It is when you're by yourself. Then your ability to hold yourself from fooling around is what makes you strong. Testing. 
How many of you have been tested in life? Life has tested you proper. And you're about to give up on life. You've been there. Like, God, I am done. The Bible says, when Potiphar's wife that had no name in scripture saw Joseph, the first thing she did was to grab him and tell him, your boss don't have to know. Just you and I. But he didn't know it is possible for Joseph to have slept with a woman and ended his life there. Why? Catch this. Joseph, you hear me? Because if Joseph had slept with a woman, he wouldn't be in prison. Because the prison was a necessary phase to meet a butler and a baker. A uh, butler and a baker, the wine and the bread, which represents communion. Again, again let's, let's hold on for now. Hold on. If he had slept with a the woman, they would have kept their secret. There wouldn't be a prison. Hear me, hear me, hear me. Sometimes you find yourself in prison, not because you've done bad. Sometimes God puts you in prison so that your praise can break the chain of those who are there in prison. The Bible says that when Paul and Silas were put in prison, the prisoners could hear them and their chains were broken. So sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, your ability to overcome seduction will expose you to communion. So what did he do? Man does say man's not hot. <laughs> what did he do? But you must look at the progression. He had a dream. They gave him a coat of many colors. His brother sold him and they took out the coat of many colors and put in a pit. Now he was put in, he, was, he has gone to Pharaoh's house. The wife stripped off his clothes. Look at the things that has been stripped that has been stripped from him. What did he do? He ran. Then the wife came and said to him, that young man you brought, how dare you bring a young man to my house that is coming, that wants to molest or, or, or rape me. And what happened to him? He was put in? Somebody said prison. He was put in prison, but that was a setup. Somebody said set up. So I want to ask you a question. You said you've raised your hand. You've been in a time of testing. Praise the Lord. But the next phase is called What? Someone say prison. prison. Say prison. It's a place of relegation. Somebody say relegation. relegation. You've left your houses, you've come to church, you've got freedom. In prison, all you can walk is there to there, there to there, there to there, and your, 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 your space is constricted. That looks like a lot of us in this place. We cannot go beyond. We are constricted. It looks like we are just in a tight corner. Amen. We don't know why life is hard. We are in a tight corner. And uh, <clears throat> Have you been in a space before when you wake up in the morning, you're just angry? I've been there. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not joking. You're just angry. Like, like something is wrong. Something. I'm, I'm just, are you okay? I'm not okay, but I don't know. I, I was happy yesterday night, but something is... My, my space is tight. You just feel like, God, what's happening? And guess what? These always happen close to your birthdays. It is at that time, start thinking, 
Look at my age. What have I achieved? All this close to your birthday. Once you celebrate your birthday, you forget again to your three days to your birthday again. You find yourself in a tight corner. Like, God, what have I, what have I achieved this year? It's a, it's a prison. And the Bible says he was in prison. In verse number 30, Genesis 39, 20, the Bible says, So he took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held. And he remained there. So that's the place of friends. Somebody say relegation. It's not my portion. Then the next one is called Pharaoh. But hold on. Before we go there, there were two places he told his dream. The first place he told his dream were his brothers. And they hated him yet the more. The next place he told him his dream was in prison. And they interpreted, uh, interpreted the dreams for them. Amen. Sometimes the breakthrough that will come to you may not come from those you live life with. Sometimes your prisoner could be your savior. I'll say it again. Because for Joseph to be remembered, a prisoner has to go before Pharaoh. So sometimes be careful how you treat people who are not church people. Just because they don't speak in tongues doesn't mean that they're not part of your future. Uh, say it again. Say it again. Be careful how you treat people who are not tongue-speaking prophecy believers. God can use a prisoner to remember you. Actually, believers. Most of you know that the jobs that you have, your bosses are not even believers. But they give you, they give you raise. And the one who is a Christian boss will make you walk like an ox. The unbeliever will be nice to you. The Christian will be nasty. The unbeliever knows how to say hello to you. The Christian will turn her face and speak in tongues. The Bible says that Joseph was put in prison. But he wasn't alone. Why? When you find yourself in that space of relegation, you're not alone. There's a picture of Christ who is actually the picture of the bread and the wine. The butler and the baker. You're not alone in prison. He's there with you. You go through the fire. He's there with you. So when you find yourself in this relegated, very constricted space, it's because the Lord, somebody said the Lord is with me. Say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow, I shall fear no evil. Bible says walk through, not stay. You guys, you keep staying in the valley of shadow of death and you're wondering why you have evil. He didn't promise you there wouldn't be no valley or no shadow of death, but it says walk through. Stop praying in the valley. Walk through the other side. Amen. Amen. The next one is called, obviously, Pharaoh. Somebody say Pharaoh. Now, Pharaoh is a place of opportunity. Now, the Bible says in Genesis 41 verse 8, And it came to pass in the morning that a spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt, and all the wise men thereof. And Pharaoh told them his dream, but there was none that was there to interpret Pharaoh's dream. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me, 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 hear me. All the process you've been through, from your dream to your pit, to your Potiphar, to your prison, was to prepare you for your Pharaoh. There was something only you can do. Uh, you didn't hear me. There was something that only you, you are, being born, you are born to solve a problem. 
Once you understand your purpose, you will thrive. Joseph had to think about it. If Joseph had slept with Potiphar's wife, there wouldn't be no prison. Then he wouldn't have seen the butler. It wouldn't be announced. Ladies and gentlemen, if you can pass your test, you will stand before opportunities. But guess what? Sometimes the test you pass is not a complex thing. Sometimes it's as easy as being nice to your neighbor. Amen, church? Amen. Sometimes it's just be say hello to your neighbor. Do you know there were believers who... I'll say it. Do you know there are believers who, at their place of work, there is an opening for a job opportunity? But they never tell their system in Christ. Because if I tell her, she will earn more than me. I'd rather someone else knows about it. We don't like others to prosper. We want to be the lead. We want to, take, we want to be the, the one that, that wins the game. It's, it, no, 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 no. I can't tell her. But if I tell her now, she'll not get a job. Some of you have been introduced to opportunities, but you don't, you're not even telling your brothers or sisters. You know that your friend is telling you they're looking for a job, and you know that there is an opening at your workplace. You know there is, but you won't tell them. Why? If I tell them, they won't come to me again. I want to remain the boss, that, 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 that they can borrow from me. <laughs> Pharaoh. Pharaoh is a place of opportunity. The Bible says that all the magicians came to him and they could not interpret his dream. Why? Because this young man by the name of Joseph had a key that he needed. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. Hear me, hear me loud and clear. Every single person here was born to be a key. I'll say it again. Every single person was born to be a key. You are key to someone else's padlock. Say it again. If you do not find your purpose, you are a wasted key. There is a lock that needs to open up. And you are the answer. You cannot afford to allow enmity, malice, beefing people, stop you from a prophetic assignment. What is the key you are meant to unlock? Do you know that? Who knows? Maybe the key to the Brook Place next level is in your hand. But guess what? You sit there in the church, go home and come back, back home and you keep going back and forth and all we need is your key to open up a lock. Who knows? Maybe the word to open someone's destiny is in your pro prophecy. But you're staying back and I'm not going to prophesy. Everyone has a key. It is not the master key. It's a specific key. What am I saying? You are not the solution to everybody's problem. Your name is not Prophetess T. Everyone will not drink you. You don't everybody cup, everybody's cup of tea. So you are a key. The question, where is the lock? Ask yourself, where is the lock I've been born to unlock? What are the things I've been born to solve? Do you not know there's a reason why you go home and come back every single Sunday? God did not create everyone to sit. He created everyone to serve. So what is it that you're meant to do you're not doing? Don't be a wasted key. Somebody say, I won't be a wasted key. The next stage we know 
It's called the prime minister. See his journey from a dream to the pit, from the pit to Potiphar, from Potiphar to prison, from prison to Pharaoh, from Pharaoh to what? A prime minister. Why? The dream will eventually come to pass. Could you please quickly Habakkuk chapter number 2. Let's see what Habakkuk say. Let me tell you the reason why a lot of you are know where you are. Habakkuk chapter number 2. Quickly. Alright. Chapter number 2. Verse 1. Are you ready? Then the Lord up answered and said to me, Write the Somebody say vision. Let's let's leave. Let's we know the kind of vision here is the real vision. But how many of you have like a, a vision board in your house? Okay. How many of you have like a vision statement for your life? How many of you have short term goals? Long term goals. I like that. How many of you have weekly goals? Monthly goals. I love it. Right, you don't will catch this. This is the part I don't want to hear. Just because you are the visionary doesn't mean that you are the implementer. Write the vision. Make it plain. Plain means understandable. Don't write your vision in tongues. Are you following me? Write it and make them plain so that he may run who reads it. Not you. You know the selfish, things we're, the selfish thing we're doing? We are writing visions for ourselves. Lord, if it's not me, then no one. Sometimes the vision is not for you to implement. Sometimes you are the visionary and not the implementer. You must learn to write visions for next generation. So that those who read it may run with it. Not you. You are just a writer. So be ascribed to someone else's future. Are you hearing me? So see what you need to do. If you found your own assignment, sit down with someone and tell them, what is your purpose? How can I help you? And, you know, they call them CVs, um, resume, you know, people that do your resume. They sit with you and tell you, what's your job experience? What have you done? What have you not done? I think in the church, we need prophetic resume. What do you like doing? You like praying for people? How long can you pray? Write it so that those who read it will run with it. So we, we understand that we are in this place called Prime Minister. I'm ending two more, two more, two more points. I'm ended. Chapter 41 of Genesis, verse 39 to 40. Now, it's a place of honor, by the way. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, For as much as God had showed thee all these, there is none so discreet and wise as thou. Thou shalt be over my house according to the word of the Lord. Word shall all my people be rude. Only in, only in the throne will I be greater than thou. So the Bible says that Joseph became the second in command. Why? Because he was able to interpret someone else's dream. Let me say it again. Joseph was promoted because he helped somebody. Helping people doesn't lessen your worth. Helping someone light their candles doesn't make your burn out. If there is a place to help, help the people. 
The Bible says Joseph was promoted because he helped. He helped. You know, <laughs> back in the day, you know, <laughs> we have this uncle called Uncle Mike, right? Uncle Mike. Oh, church people. <laughs> uncle Mike had a neighbor who was called Sister Teak, Sister Tyro, back in the day. Uncle Mike and Sister Tyro live in the same compound. Their church is like maybe uh, uh, 45 minutes drive. Uncle Mike would never take Sister Tyro home. Never. You know what he says? I want to I wanna see my auntie. Every single Sunday, Uncle Mike, his journey is about 40 minutes to the house. He would have to drive to the north, then go back to the west. Why? Because he wants to give Sister Tyro an excuse for not dropping her. And guess his excuse. I don't have to. I don't have to do that. I, I don't have to do that. I don't have to do that. But guess what happened one day? This is actually a true life story. One day, Sister T, like we call Sister T, husband, who had, had, they had an issue, came back from America, resolved their marriage, and guess what they did? But, no, 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 no. Bought the house that they were renting. The same compound that Uncle Mike was going back and forth. Bought the house, and you know church people, even Sister Tower is not even proper saved. She put Uncle Mike's house on rent. And said, Uncle Mike, uh, we want to, your house, you know, um, someone wants to rent their house. What am I trying to say? Be good to people. Very good to people. It doesn't matter. See, goodness to people is not about what I get back from you. I'll say one more time again. I'm not nice to you because of how I want you to treat me. I'm nice to you because I want to feel peace. I have a responsibility to love you. It doesn't matter if you reciprocate. I want to love on you. Do you know there were... Do you know that there were church people that are just angry? No matter what you do, they're just angry. No matter how much you love on them, they're just angry. There is nothing... Do you know there were people that there's nothing you can do? You can't do anything again. You're just, I'm done. There's, there's always a reason to nag. Always angry. And how do you get promoted at your workplace if you're always angry? How do you get to the next level when you're always upset? You're, you're just angry. Why are you angry? You're angry at everyone, everything. You're just upset. It's a demon, you know. I'm not even joking. It's a demon. Especially those that get angry at church but laugh at work. I don't understand. I don't get it for real. At work, you are a sanguine. At, at church, you are phlegmatic or melancholic. You don't talk to no one, but at work, you are the one who organized the, the, the work party. You don't come for, for gathering for the church, but you're the one that's looking for a pub for the work to go. So Prime Minister, I mean, the Prime Minister is an opportunity that was before the young man by the name of Joseph. Now, think about all this life journey. See this way. Catch this. 
When he had a dream, he had a coat of many colors. The brother sold him and took out his coat. It was put in prison, sorry, put in the pit. The Midianites stripped him off his coat. He went to Potiphar's house. She held his coat. He was put in prison. He had a prisoner's coat. He stood before Pharaoh. You can't stand before a king back in Bible time with a prisoner regalia. That's what you call a priestly vest, like a prisoner, a prison vest. He had a coat. Now he was made a prime minister. There was also a new robe on him, Cassius. Joseph had his coat stripped from when he had a promise. You know the reason why? Because there was a royal robe waiting for him in the palace. So when life begins to strip you and everything seems to be God, what's going on in life? It's because there is a robe waiting for you in the palace. Don't jump the gun. It will make sense in due time. You may not understand why you're going through what you're going through. You are in a journey. I'm going to read what I wrote here, what I wrote in the book. I'll read what I wrote. And it's called Perspective. Now, the last one is called Patriarch. Now, Patriarch, we understand, is a place of remembrance. Bible, the Bible calls it the Hall of Faith. In chapter number 11 of the book of Hebrews, the Bible called a lot of people, and the Bible called a man by the name of Joseph. He was remembered as a Patriarch. And I wrote this as my perspective. Romans 8, 28 says, For we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Somebody say, all things work together. The good, the bad, the ugly work together. See, see, see God put work together. See what I said? Sometimes, hear me, God will allow, sometimes God will allow Potiphar lock you up in prison. Not because he doesn't care, but because he wants Pharaoh to find you and crown you. It is part of the plan. Now hear this part. If there was no dream, there would have been no envy. It was part of his plan. If there was no envy, there would have been no pit. It was part of his plan. If there was no pit, there would have been no slavery. It was part of his plan. If there was no slavery, there would have been no Potiphar. It's part of his plan. If there was no Potiphar, okay, I like this. If there was no Potiphar, there wouldn't have been his wife. It's part of the plan. If there was no wife, <laughs> the Lord is kind. If there was no wife, there wouldn't have been any seduction. It's part of his plan. If there was no seduction, there wouldn't have been any prison. It's part of his plan. If there was no prison, there wouldn't have been any pharaoh. It's part of his plan. And if there was no pharaoh, there wouldn't be a prime minister. It's part of his plan. The reason why life has dealt with you this bad is because it's part of his plan. Rise upon your feet. I don't know where you are in God's prophetic agenda. Hear me loud and clear. This is the most important part. I'll drop the microphone in two minutes. I don't know where you are in God's prophetic plan, but you have an assignment tonight. 
The assignment is not to speak in tongues. You hear me? Don't pray in tongues when you go home tonight. The assignment is to ask God a question. Why was I born? Hear me again. Or why am I born? You're going to go home tonight. It is not Rama Mama. No, it is not intercessory. It's a one-to-one with the Lord. What is my purpose on the earth? Speak to me. It's never too late to find out why you were born and do life from there. Are you hearing me, church? I'm telling you, it's not a tongue thing. It's not a demon thing. You're not casting and binding no demon. You're asking a lot of questions. What is my purpose on the earth? Why am I still existing? Why have you given me another chance to breathe again? What, what am I doing? Why am I at church? Because if you do not know the reason why you are born, you are wasting air. You are wasting oxygen. You are wasting purpose. You're going to go home tonight. Lord, why am I born? Once you discover the reason why you are born, then you find out where you are. Am I in the pit? Am I in prison? Am I in a place of testing? Where am I in your prophetic agenda? And the Lord will tell you.